Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello. 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 Hey, we are the Equity Young Members Committee, and this is the Young Members Podcast. Welcome. Each episode, we're going to be talking about something different. Something different. Something different. We'll talk about something different. To do with our union, our industry, and all the people in it. Made by equity members. For equity members. Happy listening. It's Helen Monks here from the Equity Young Members Committee. In this episode, I'm talking to Will Monks, who is a video and lighting designer very much a person in his own right, but also happens to be my brother. And we're going to be talking about the move from live performance to online performance during coronavirus. Hello. Hello. Thank you for doing this. No, thanks for having me. I think I wanted to speak to you because you're the person that I know that has done the most amount of work since last March. (laughs) and I guess it would just be good to start with hearing about what your job was before coronavirus hit and what you what your job has been since uh yes so I am I mainly took the role of lighting and video designer for theatre and live events that's kind of what it said on my website and I do mainly lighting and incorporating projectors into theatre and live events um mainly plays some musicals some gigs so you'd think that your job would be kind of in the gutter at the moment so you might think (laughs) Uh, but a lot of what I was doing I was like exploring interesting video things that you could do and then when the pandemic hit then suddenly all all of theatre all of like live theatre moved to digital Mm -hmm. and so uh, all the video stuff that I'd been exploring before then kind of came into the front yeah so do you remember the first time that you were like did you have a show that you were doing and you moved it online or did you make something mm-hmm. bespoke for online? So the first thing I did, I think, uh, just as lockdown came into force, we'd finished up doing I Sinner the Poet at the Unicorn Theatre. Wonderful show. And then we took it online as like one of the very early things. Uh, last night we won an offie. <laughs> no, you didn't! Yeah. That's Tim Crouch, isn't it? So what, what was the offie? young people's over 12 I think it was a fantastic show and I remember seeing it at the beginning of the first lockdown when I was feeling so sad for theatre and it made me feel so hopeful that there was actually a way of doing it where it still felt live and you still it was sort of interactive wasn't it in a way yeah and I think that's actually the big thing that I've discovered through doing this is that when you're in a real theatre and there's a live audience and live performers then there is a conversation, even if you st- like sat there with bated breath, not not really speaking or moving or doing anything, then you know you still sense the room, whatever. And it's just really difficult to get that as an audience member online online performances, um, unless you kind of go really explicit with it. And so I think that's that's. Also, what was amazing about what you did with Ice and the Poet is 
the video design so normally when I think of video design in theatre it's on a you know projector behind the actor but it felt bespokely made for for, for film version that the video design sort of fed in and suddenly you were watching a film version of something rather than the live version of something. yeah right so I think that's something that uh, we made a big conscious effort to do and uh, and yeah it just uses the medium better right yeah it was oh, so did you see crave no I didn't that was at Chichester yeah yeah um, I really enjoyed that and I thought that they did some really cool interesting things with like layering different live video feeds on top of each other like on the screens that you were watching oh wow things were overlaid as well as projected into the actual space that's so interesting because that's what happened in I Center the Poet is Tim's Tim would say a line and his face would almost become distorted and then the video would kick in uh, yeah right we'd uh, the idea was there were all these elements of the fictional world that the Tim slash Sin is inhabiting. Uh, and the phrase that we used was as above, so below, that it's kind of like uh, the texture of the world is made up of these things. And so it just kind of made sense to, rather than put them in the actual space, then it's kind of like you're viewing these two things through the same lens at once. How amazing. Also, because the live version, I didn't actually see the live version, I only saw the Zoom version, but you're sort of invited to write a poem and stuff like that, aren't you? As yeah, so that's, uh, both versions are, are actually quite similar, um, you know, spiritually, they're the same. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the point of it, right? There are two points to the play. Uh, one is to get people to understand the story of Shakespeare's Julius Caesar through the eyes of a minor character. Who's, Tim's got a series of these players uh, eyes peace blossom and eyes malvolio and things um, yeah. and then another kind of strand for it is just get get people writing poetry um, it is great I, th I was really proud of what I wrote but also I did find that I don't know if this is just me being a bit of an introvert but when I had that anonymity of typing it into the comments box along with everybody else's and then, you know, the chance that he might read things out and being able to send messages that potentially only he could see. So when he was reading them back, it could be anonymous. I was more confident in what I wrote and what I contributed, I think, than I might have been to put my hand up in a theatre. That's really good. And I guess that's like a big part of the internet as well, isn't it? That people feel emboldened to write things. And a lot of the time you see it in not a great way. And here you see it in a really great way. Yeah, particularly when he can pick what he reads out. So if people do write rude things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can ignore uh -huh. them. Yeah, in rehearsals, we were definitely writing rude things. <laughs> That's good. He's practising for if that happens. Yeah, totally. Could you tell us a bit about Great Big Story Mix-Up? Oh, Great Big Story Mix-Up? Yeah. Um, so this actually kind of came out of, we were doing Ice of the Poet. And before then, I'd gone through a I've decided that there were a bunch of different things that might be the future <laughs> for maybe a couple of months in going into lockdown. Uh, and then when I see the poet happened, I realised that actually this is this is the future. Uh, and I approached some old friends who'd talked to me about a show where kids suggest characters and locations and they do a piece of improv around it, an hour's improv show. And we talked years ago about incorporating video design into that. You know, can the kids say, go underwater? And suddenly I press the underwater button and everyone's in the submarine or whatever. Amazing. Um, and we realised that actually digital platform, a digital platform was exactly perfect for this. And so we spent a while r and and creating this show that is entirely fueled by the audience's suggestions uh, and all of the audiences uh, normally have children involved. And so they do all the like, 
be a spaceman, etc., etc. But they also do drawings and send them in, and I will take those drawings and animate them and turn them into scenery and characters. And, and it was so good. And so you'd have almost like you might have a forest and the trees. You you animate them to sway. Or I'm trying to think of other examples. Yeah. Oh my gosh, there were some great ones. Chocolate Ghostland. <laughs> I really like Chocolate Ghostland, where um yeah, you, so you've got the chocolate buildings and the camps walk around the chocolate buildings, and you've also got a separate button for the chocolate ghosts. Oh. And the chains rattle and they fly all over the screen. That was loads of fun. I mean, how amazing as a kid to draw something, send it in, and then see it come to life. Oh my gosh, it's so satisfying to you press the button of the kids drawing and you see them absolutely lose it. <laughs> You'll see these kids like get up and just run around screaming. <laughs> it was because that was my favourite bit when I came to see the show. I actually, you know, you're on spot, the main screen is on spotlight, but I put it on, um, you know, when it's view, so you can see everybody. So I could yeah, just gallery. watch all of the like, gallery view, that's it. So I could watch all of the kids' reactions to seeing yeah. the rings because it was just amazing. No, it's really special. I really like that level of interactivity as well because you had some people who treat it as this big event. And uh, so I remember the first time this happened, there were two characters who were pirates and they came on and they had pirate swords and eye patches and whatever. <laughs> and then I saw the mum of this frame leave and I thought, oh, she's just bored or whatever. And she comes back and she's got swords and eye patches for the kids. And these two kids, uh, and they're like in this tent den thing. And they start, you know, having sword fights alongside these pirates who are trying to steal the North Pole or whatever they were trying to do. Uh, it was just so lovely to see that it being treated as this like really special event. And you wouldn't be able to do that if you came into a theatre, would you? The mum wouldn't be able to go up and get the eye patches and the sword. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I really liked as well that they'd come off to, you know, like there was one girl who was dressed in a big princess dress who clearly dressed up to be at the show. And then there was another family where they were all in their pajamas. And I just love that because you can just, when as a kid, you just have your things you want to wear, don't you, and feel comfortable in. I like the idea that you can just, you know, go and change. if you. <laughs> yeah, right. And yeah, play along with the story at home. That It's that conversation thing again, isn't it? There was one girl who came like four or five times who was clearly at someone's office just in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope everyone in the office enjoyed the show too yeah I hope so so what do you think the biggest thing you've learned in the last year has been about making shows for online and what are tips that you'd give to other people making online shows so I think that one of the biggest things I've learned it's that thing I said before about it's a conversation it's this two-way street more art less tools is what it says on the front of focus which is the journal from the ALD uh, that's what very good. ALD, sorry. The Association of Lighting Designers. Also, you said R&D earlier, and for people that don't know, that's research and development, which is the early stage of a, of a project. Uh, yeah, when you test things out, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is really important because, I mean, that's part of what's so exciting right now, right, is that we're on the frontier of what we're doing. So every, every idea you have is new because Zoom's only existed for however long. Like, yeah, it's true. we'd not heard of it before last March and now here we are I'd had a single meeting on it oh you're ahead of the curve yeah someone was like hey do you want to do you want to get on a zoom later and I was like yeah sure I know what that is <laughs> go back go back to your quote though Will what was your quote the association of lighting designers on the front of their monthly magazine have a quote more art less tools and I think that that's something that I've really found that you can 
you've got access to a lot more kind of technology and high techness that you can immediately put on but actually it doesn't always improve things so interesting because it must be hard to find the line between you've got these exciting mm. things you can do versus what you should yeah absolutely i think that keeping people people at the heart of it uh someone once said to me theater is like soylent green it's made of people <laughs> and I, I didn't really appreciate it at the time but i think i do now are there any challenges that come with making shows online it's difficult when performers when you have to like tech performers in their own home oh yeah go on things like that i've done a few shows where people are in their own home and you're saying like oh can you can you just like put some baking paper over that lamp for me to to soften it and uh oh can you can you move it in front of you no the other in front of you and uh it's just really interesting because normally you're either doing it yourself or uh normally getting you say to your chief electrician or whatever hey do you mind uh refocusing that light and so it's this interesting you're working with tools that you haven't worked with before because it's just like a lamp from someone's home and also that person's never had experience of focusing lights or creating imagery or whatever and so it's this really interesting mashup of worlds do you think that performers have got a new appreciation for the work that goes into the tech side of things because they're like please don't make me do this anymore i mean maybe hopefully (laughs) (laughs) i've definitely done a few things where i've been trying to get someone to we've been trying to create a particular effect on the computer and the person's been struggling with it and so it's been easier for me to just take over their computer so this is something that blew my mind oh yeah it's really weird from their computer uh yeah it's um it's a technique that we use quite a lot in theatres where you've got one big computer that's really powerful sat at the back of the theatre or whatever, and then you want to be on your laptop and looking at the stage from wherever. So you just plug a big Ethernet cable or, or connect over the Wi-Fi. And yeah, uh, and that's how you control media service or playback computers or whatever in theatre. And now you use the same technique for controlling a performance computer. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I think that a lot of what we're doing is competing with people like Netflix and NT Live and all of these big streaming services that have huge production value and a lot of money and a lot of time practicing the things that they're really good at. And so if you want to make something that's good and different, you need to play to your strengths. And one of the big strengths of theatre is about connection and audience interaction, not necessarily like in a he's behind you kind of way, (laughs) but involving involving the audience and asking more of them uh in a given experience so i think that's one of the big things i think that's so good one of my favorite things i've seen this year is swamp motel i don't know if you've come across oh yeah uh i have but i haven't done it oh 
it's so good. So it's almost like an escape room, but it's definitely made by a theatre company. It's got that theatre element of the story, but you're a character and you have to find certain clues to unlock the next stage. And mm. the reason it's so, I think, so successful is because you are having a real engagement with the people that you're doing the activity with. So it's about your relationship with the other audience members. And you do it in teams of people you already know, but it does feel like you're going to an event together rather than you're all separately watching something at the same time. Yeah, right. I mean, I think that that's a big part of it. Like it's an event. It's really easy for us to now like click on Netflix, but if you've got like a time that you need to be somewhere and you're like, yeah, you're making a bit more of an event of it. I really like that. Yeah. Would you say you have a favourite thing that you've seen as well as a favourite thing that you've done? Oh my gosh, I've seen so little. <laughs> you've been too busy making stuff, that's the problem. Um, I've seen a few things that I'm, so I didn't, um, uh, I didn't get to see this, but I've been looking at it as a bit of a case study quite a lot. Party Skills for the End of the World is really good. Um, there's a collective called Mesmer who are behind all the video bits of it. And I think that it's one of those from, from what I've heard and what I can tell, it was very high tech, but quite seamlessly integrated into something that's very fun. And is that also an interactive Yeah, that was very like interactive, immersive theatre, but on Zoom. I really liked Crave because it used the medium of like of a screen in front of you, but in a very theatre-y kind of way. Like I haven't seen tons of that in films. What's been the favourite thing that you've worked on? And you have to say the show that we worked on together. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, Children's Inquiry was great. Yay. Okay, but second favourite show. Oh my gosh, it's a toss up between Ice Another Poet and Great Big Story Mix Up. Both of them are really great. It was interesting because what I found so exciting about the show that we worked on together is like you were saying earlier about the development stage of stuff. Like it's not very often that we have the resources to really properly R&D stuff, but like with the whole team. So yeah. we to, um, you know, Alex, who's also in the Equity Young Members Committee is our choreographer and we have our composers and you as the lighting and video designer. And we've been working on it since, I mean, before last March, really, but because of lockdown, the time and the love that's been put into that show has been the you know has been the team and the development of it rather than you know just putting it up and seeing what happens which is yeah, normally what budget means that you have to do I think that that's something that's really cool about all the video zoomy things is that it's so easy to just you know like the other day I was trying to do some video things that required a bunch of different people and so I just texted like you and a couple of friends and said hey can you hop on zoom I want to test something out and then you can just test out like that yeah, you're right I was eating my lunch wasn't I? I was having a really big sandwich and I was on I was very embarrassed but also I've never asked you what that was actually about because what you what you were doing was really amazing but we all just sat there while you were fiddling with, <laughs> with graphics and stuff yeah right um I am currently working on a show that's kind of an open mic night on zoom it's called open mic it's with English touring theatre by Rob Drummond and it, I was trying to answer the question, it, it, this was like really early days, I'm not sure if we're going to go with this idea, but um, uh, trying to get other people's video feeds as part of the main video feeds that you're watching. So it was like you were on the screen, but on your screen were the feeds of other people. Yep. So like if you spotlighted Will now and your screen was the main screen, I would be like a little icon within your cube. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'd have a little you in the corner. 
I saw um, Ned, who works for Company 3, which um, is an amazing company. I recommend looking them up if you don't already know them. But he was saying, he he tweeted Zoom and said hi, because he runs a lot of groups with young people. And he was saying it'd be really great to have breakout spaces, but where I can see everybody. So like they can only hear each other. There's like two people in my left-hand screen, two people in my right-hand screen. And everyone can see each other but you can only hear the people that you're talking to so then I know when they finish the activity and I know when time's up so then I can bring everybody back because at the moment you have to jump between all the different rooms and people might be sat there having finished stuff and Zoom replied and said oh great tip thanks so much like we'll look into it and it does just make you think I mean Zoom update literally every three days don't they? Oh my gosh yeah yeah in some ways it's a bit of a blessing and a curse because it's really great and you can kind of know that they're working on it and uh, like you say, they're really responsive as well. I've talked to a female team and had responses a couple of times. Oh, really? Yeah, about uh, back in the day, because now there is Andy Carluccio and Richard Williamson have made a version of Zoom that can accept OSC commands called Zoom OSC. And it, like the, the main the version four got released the other day. Uh, this is where you now need to explain what OSC commands are and we'll all just everyone take a little nap if you're not interested <laughs> we'll skip forward 20 seconds it's uh, I mean it's like you say only exciting if you're a big geek uh, but it's a version of Zoom that you can create a queue stack in another program and instead of those queues being like fire a sound effect make the sound lower fire a video effect it's you can also tell Zoom to do things so you can say please spotlight Will Manx right in the chat Hello, everyone. Welcome to tonight's performance. And so you, instead of you've got one person clicking on all the different things and trying to find workarounds for, uh, for all the things that Zoom doesn't have in it because Zoom makes, doesn't make things for theatre, then you, you've got all the things that you need for theatre. I'm so sorry. All I heard was white noise, but <laughs> I'm sure that's great. That was my super low-tech version as well. Um, it is really interesting, and I think it's such an exciting time if you're interested in those new creative ways of developing software. Yeah. Oh, so in, yeah, my original point was, like you say, it's evolving all the time. So there are things where I've spent like a month trying to crack a particular nut with Zoom, and then a day before tech, and Zoom have have, have given us the answer. So that you don't yeah. need to be bothered. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you actually learn quite a lot um, doing it. So it is like yeah but it is interesting to be living through a time where tech is evolving faster than you know we're able to oh my gosh yeah the tech's evolving faster than you can find ways to use that tech yeah i'm honestly enjoying my um video filters so much (laughs) (laughs) like i've put some sunglasses on if anyone you can (laughs) you can download um video filters onto your zoom so it's a bit like instagram filters oh will's now an alien (laughs) Um, which it might be just I'm so low tech, but I didn't know about till someone told me. So um, highly recommend hours of fun. Although I did do it with my friend who has a toddler the other day. Then for the we want we were trying to catch up for the whole hour that we were chatting. All that happened was her toddler really just wanted me to put all of the different filters on. So oh, of course, <laughs> she was like, "You've ruined my day." <laughs> <laughs> Budding video designer in the making, then. Yeah, you're so right. You're so right. I bet all kids will laugh at us when they look back at what we were. I mean, that there's a bit of that. There are all these communities who make these filters and you feel like you're just breaking into a brand new like pocket of, pocket of the world. I saw on Twitter the other day that apparently kids only now use emojis ironically. 
and they're just like the adults who use them seriously. So oh my gosh. I got a bit depressed when I saw that. That, that is depressing. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how true that is. I don't know how true that, that is. So I don't text many children, so. <laughs> I do tweet a lot of emojis, though. Yeah. Um, I think what's really exciting about it, you know, um, Wise Children Theatre Company said they're now going to make all of their shows a filmed version as well as a live version. And I feel like we, you know, my theatre company Lung, I think we're thinking a similar thing of we'll always make a version that's available for people to watch at home. And it does feel like access wise, it's been a really, really exciting thing to normalise, you know, theatre coming into people's homes. And I just wondered what your Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah, access, like you say, um, in terms of like not having to move and... I mean, cost is like a bit of a thing. You can get this other version of it. Uh, I mean, that's again a bit of a double-edged sword and a complex. Another theme. version of Zoom, you mean? Is that the um, version? Oh no, sorry. As in, you've got one version of the play that you can go to the theatre and see, and you've got one version of the play that you can sit at home and watch. Got yeah. Which, uh, so I did a show that was both streamed and live halfway through lockdown, and. Uh, I don't actually know, but my understanding was that the live element of it was a lot more popular than the streamed one, which I think was really kind of heartening. Yeah, well, um, I came to see that and I remember just being so grateful to be in a physical theatre space. That Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it was a bit, mo- bit emotional, wasn't it? It was, I cried the whole way through. It was also a great play, but I think it could have been literally any people, someone reading the dictionary on the stage and I'd have cried all the way through. <laughs> Um, you're right though I do think that's the thing that we're not competing with Netflix for is it is that just wanting to be in a room with other people yeah right um, but at the same time it is really good to have a version that you can access from your own home and cheap and easy and I mean it also means that you can integrate access tools more easily one of my big bugbears with live theatre shows that have captioning is that the captions are often in an entirely different place to where you're looking when you want to see the action so if you want to you know, read the words at the same time and see the action, then you, you have to make a choice. But uh, because screens are so small, then you can overlay the captions wherever you want. That was one of my favourite things about the show we did, the children's inquiry. We spent a long time talking about fonts. Oh like, my gosh. <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were um, talking about fonts as like a bit of a joke, because it's just funny to talk about fonts a lot of you lost the will to live every time I spoke about fonts yeah we it wasn't for me to be honest how much we talked about fonts but having said that it was it made it made such a difference each character have their own font and color and the way that you place the text on the screen was really thought through and like you say it was about where your eye was naturally going and making sure that it complemented the performer as well as being there for access yeah I mean one of my big things is that art is already access that by its nature we're accessing stories and we're accessing new points of view and uh, cultures and ideas and you know by the people saying the words then we're accessing what they're thinking by seeing the words in front of us then it it allows more people who can't hear those words to or or understand those words or whatever um access to the stories so like at its heart art is already a form of access and it makes sense to take that access and build access into art from the start as an aesthetic choice and that was one of the things that I found really exciting about the children's inquiry was that we could treat the words like another element you know make them flash when the music goes loud and make them glitch out and you know you can make you can make artistic choices with them now that you've got them as a tool 
and for the children's inquiry as well which was an it was an online show that we did last year for an invited audience and um we also we try and do this now with all of our shows but we made a visual story beforehand which people can access if they want to which is um essentially like a big bible of what is going to happen down to like when you arrive at the theatre this is what it's going to look like this is where the toilets are but also the nitty-gritty of like these are the characters this is what people look like this is what the space looks like and what was amazing about making a show that was already online is it was really really clear what was going to happen so we could screenshot the different elements that people were going to see so anyone that wanted that visual story had a really clear you know it wasn't me taking a picture of the back of the room that might change it was a a screen grab of something that's definitely going to happen yeah um, I mean I think that that was great as well because also I just don't I've never really paid attention to story like say you've been saying this will you explain what that what you mean by this because it blows my mind <laughs> up until recently I obviously have been going on an emotional journey with the characters and I've been enjoying how everything looks and I like you know I feel something according to the pacing of the play and whatever but I realized I just never knew knew what the plot was and it never really bothered me but um i you think it's looking been... at the lights uh, yeah well you know it, you know when it's flashing that it's exciting or whatever <laughs> and then i'm sitting there just enjoying being excited and so i think that it's really useful actually having something that's like the plot that you can look at beforehand and you know i think that it's like curb cut effect right of you're producing this document that provide fulfills certain needs but actually I can use it too and it's really good for me even though I wouldn't necessarily think to look for that. You know it's it's so interesting because it just shows why theatre is great because it's so about collaboration of your brain is so different to my brain because all I think about is plot and story and I don't notice when it goes blue or when it goes green <laughs> when it's flashing whereas all you see are those things and <laughs> yeah uh, no I remember like uh, Shakespeare I used to watch it have a really nice time and then afterwards go on wikipedia to find out what has actually happened yeah to be fair i think we all do that with shakespeare yeah <laughs> i definitely do that as well but i think that is so interesting because it's so important to remember when you're making work and i guess as well this really counts with online work is that you're trying to affect people in ways that aren't just about character and performance mm. and plot but and that's why you know lighting and video designing is such an important part of theatre anyway but I guess particularly with online stuff has been really important is because you're affecting people in their own homes through those through those tools. Yeah I think this is actually a really exciting um, kind of stepping stone because TV and film does do a lot of that but actually it tries to represent things visually accurately a lot more than I feel like we do in theatre and so I think it's really exciting that we're kind of adding some new ideas into the pot about how abstract you can go with things. Thank you so much for talking to me. Is there anything else that you would like to say about the world of online theatre? Oh my gosh. Um, online theatre is really great. <laughs> I think that's, that should be like the title of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> online theatre is really great. It's been really exciting and I hope that we can, as an industry, carry on having having work like this as well. Because like you say, there's loads of really good things about it, about access and um, being able to R&D just in your own home. You know, you sit on a computer and you chuck together your ideas. Absolute kudos for actually managing to make work in the last year. It's, it makes me really hopeful. Thanks for listening to the Young Members Podcast. Made by the Equity Young Members Committee. Follow us at Equity YMC. 
See you next time. Bye. 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 Goodbye.